Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. What's up? It's your host, Dr. Morgan from Dr. Morgan Coaching on Instagram. If we are not friends yet on IG, what are you doing? Let's be friends. Go find me on there at Dr. Morgan Coaching. Send me a DM. Let me know what you take away from this episode because I'm about to give you guys so much value. So screenshot, tag me, and let me know what you learn from this episode. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in. This is a really important topic today, and I think that you're going to take a lot away from this. If you're driving, do your best to take it in. And gosh, if you are in a place where you can take notes, you might even want to take notes. I am going to give you all so much value today in this episode. And I am just so excited. I wish you guys could see me. I'm literally like kind of moving around. <laughs> like, okay, stay still, Morgan. Stay near the microphone. Um, so I'm just really excited because this is one of my most favorite topics. And it's my most favorite because it is incredibly life-changing and really pretty necessary for great relationships. So this information can really change your life if you listen to it and apply it. And it's also kind of a sneak peek for you. This is some of what I deep dive, really, really work on with my private coaching clients. Um, I realize I haven't told you what we're talking about. We are going to do an episode today on attachment theory. So a basic understanding of attachment theory, as well as diving into the four different attachment styles. So there's so much I could say on this topic, and y'all know we're going to be revisiting it. But for today, I definitely want to do an introduction. So like I said, we're going to start out with the basic understanding, and then I'm going to move into the four different attachment styles. And what I want to say is that, you know, as children, we all have needs. We have needs for a secure base, a uh, knowing that we have stability consistency, someone who is reliable, somewhere that if we are upset or we hurt or we're hungry or, you know, whatever it is that we can go to an adult and have those needs heard and hopefully met. 
And what happens is when you have a secure base, just, just think about this, right? I think all of you can understand this. When we have a secure base, we know our needs are met. We know that there's going to be that stability and consistency. And no matter what, we're going to have someone there to support us. It allows us to go out into the world and show up with confidence and security and, you know, be brave and interact and build relationships. And if, if we deal with something, um, hard, we'll, we know that we can get through it because we've had that secure base. So I just want to acknowledge that, gosh, we all have a need for this. Yet, so many of us in our childhoods didn't really get the support, stability, consistency, validation. We didn't really get that secure base that we needed to form a healthy relationship with ourselves and a healthy relationship with others. So basically knowing that um, what, what happens is we have to find creative ways to get our needs met if we don't have that secure base. And there are coping strategies and attachment styles that develop out of not having security. So what I want to say is that attachment theory developed as a way to understand relationship patterns and more specifically, you know, it started with John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth back in the 1950s. And they were researchers who wanted to understand infants relationships with their mothers and how that impacted their life, um, how it impacted their future relationships. So this understanding that, gosh, your attachment style is really being formed the moment that you are born. And there's even some research that would say that it's actually being formed while you're in the womb. So this is something that is happening without your knowledge, unconsciously. And as a child, you know, it's something that you really don't have any control over. You really have to adapt to what's happening in your environment So as we're going through the attachment styles and maybe you get an idea of what yours is, be self-compassionate. This was forming before you had any idea about what was happening. And as a child, we are dependent on our parents and we have to be in survival mode. So it's not like as a four-year-old, you can say, you know, I really need you to be able to validate my emotions when I'm upset or when I'm crying in my crib. I really need you to be able to hold me and soothe me. You know, you're not able to communicate that. That would be super weird, you know, Um, but (laughs) basically be compassionate. This was forming before 
you could have any decisions about how to navigate relationships effectively. Okay. So, you know, understanding that attachment theory is not the whole picture, but it really helps. And what modern research would also say is that our attachment styles, yes, are formed by our relationships with our parents, but also greatly influenced by past relationships. So when you're dating, not only are we looking at that relationship with your caregivers, but also past romantic relationships. Okay, so moving on, I want to talk about the different styles So the first style I'll talk about is secure attachment. When we look at secure, people with this style are comfortable displaying interest and affection in. They are comfortable being alone and independent, but they also feel comfortable with intimacy and closeness. They are able to set boundaries and stick to them. They're really great romantic partners. They build good relationships with family and friends. They understand the concept of investing energy into relationships over time and building stability, consistency, reliability. Um, You know, there is a large portion of the population that is secure. And gosh, if you're in if you're in the dating scene and maybe you don't have a secure attachment style, you're thinking, what? These people are out there? Let me tell you, they are. They are out there. Uh, they're people who are capable of being loyal and sacrificing when necessary. And they're able to trust others pretty easily. One caveat I want to say as I'm going into the rest of the attachment styles is we all have uh, traits of each attachment style. And what's interesting is actually you're going to have a dominant one, but based on your partner or whoever it is you're in the relationship with, you may have different traits come out or be more present. So knowing that you can't just say, I am this, right? You're going to have, it's a spectrum. You're going to have some traits of other attachment styles. You know, as an example, maybe you would say, you know what? I'm 75% secure, but gosh, if I'm stressed or something comes up that's triggering, I actually go into an avoidant attachment style, which I'll explain in a minute. So just knowing that you're not going to be completely one type and we all have capacity to have traits in any of these attachment styles. Okay. So moving on to the second type is anxious attachment. So this is someone who feels nervous and stressed about their relationships They need a lot of reassurance and affection from their partner. They have trouble being alone or single, and they are likely to get into toxic dating patterns. Uh, They can sometimes appear to be kind of sporadic, overly emotional, uh, or even say that 
every member of the opposite sex is cold and heartless. Um, this is the person who, you know, is calling 47 times when you don't return their call. Um, the person who is sending you flowers. Okay. True story time, guys. I, li- <laughs> I literally went on two dates with someone. It was a coffee date and it was a dinner date and there was a connection, but I knew that we were not compatible and I was intending to end the connection. And it was clear to me that this person had a lot of anxiety in general, but also an anxious attachment style. And I'm at my office doing psychotherapy and I, and this is after the second date, it's like 48 hours later and I get a delivery and it is the biggest bouquet of roses I've ever seen in my life. Um, white roses. And of course, you know, like I have clients there, I have colleagues and and they're like, oh, someone special. And I'm just in my head like, oh my God. <laughs> so, and not only was it roses, but it was this long letter about how we were going to spend our lives together. And he wanted me to be the mother of his children. Um, yikes. Anyways, this is someone who likely has a very anxious attachment style and very, very irrational and clinging on immediately. So that's an extreme example, but I just wanted to share that with you. It's kind of fun. Um, And I know myself personally, I have had an anxious attachment style just from my own childhood experiences and past dating experiences. And I have had to do so much work to move towards a more secure attachment style. But for myself, even times when I'm stressed or maybe... Um, I'm not doing the self-care I need to do or something particularly triggering comes up, I can notice those old attachment, um, anxious attachment patterns coming up. So even myself, someone who's done the work, obviously knows a lot about this stuff, it can still come up and it's just important to realize that it's a, you know, previous way of coping. And then the third style I want to talk about is the avoidant attachment. And what's interesting is that avoidant attachment style is more likely to be in the dating pool because this is the person that, you know, society has labeled as the commitment phobe or the person who never wants to get married. It's the 38-year-old man that you meet at the bar who says he's just not quite ready to settle down. (laughs) So, um, or woman, Uh, you know, I think there's also a lot of gender stereotyping that happens. Guess what? Men or women can have any of these attachment styles. Um, Is it true that there's probably more men who are avoidant? Yes. Yes. Uh, But that doesn't mean that there aren't women who also have an avoidant attachment style. That happens all the time. So 
Someone who is avoidant feels really uncomfortable with intimacy. It's the person who you go out with them, you have an amazing date, you connect, you get deep on things. Maybe you even tell them like, you know, gosh, these are my hopes and dreams for the future and they share theirs. And maybe you've had like four or five great dates and just fireworks, chemistry. And then you don't hear from them for four weeks, three weeks, two weeks. They disappear. They disappear after a really great date because it was too close, right? The, the intimacy was too real and they had to ghost. Um, this is someone who feels as though they need a lot of space and they are easily what we call flooded, meaning that they can feel overwhelmed um, if their partner is asking too much of them in their eyes, uh, if their partner is expressing more intimacy than they want to give. This is someone who would say, oh, I just feel suffocated or, oh, all the girls I date are so clingy or all the guys I date just want to hang out with me all the time. You know, it's, it's that person. All right. And usually they always have an exit strategy available. So there's someone who needs to be able to know that they will never need someone. They will never depend on anybody. Um, and this may be seen as cold or heartless, but it's important to remember that no matter what type of attachment style, um, whether it's anxious, avoidant, or disorganized, which I'm about to talk about, it really boils down to the same core thing, which is trouble with intimacy. So an avoidant person is not, you know, mean, cold. They have developed this avoidant attachment style as a coping skill. And it's likely someone who had a parent who was overly involved in their life or the parent took up a lot of space. I see this a lot when, when, when someone says, yeah, my mom was just really struggling. Maybe my mom had a mental health disorder and she was really unpredictable and she took up a lot of space. Uh, that can lead to avoidant because that person learns, oh, I don't have anywhere to get my needs met. I don't have any support. I have to take care of myself. And if you're showing up and you're starting to tell me your feelings and you want to get close to me, yikes, been there, done that. I'm not going to be suffocated or taken over by your emotions and needs. So we have to be able to understand that I think the avoidant attachment style gets a bad reputation, but it really is a coping skill that developed out of pain and difficulty when it came to being close to the to their caregiver. All right. The final style is disorganized, which is a lovely mixture of both. And it's 
really rare, right? Um, this one doesn't happen as often. It's probably about only five to seven percent. I've seen different statistics, but it's when likely you have it, it usually plays out this way, but it can happen a number of ways. But usually you have someone who feels very anxious or preoccupied, uh, meaning that they need a lot of reassurance and they're really worried about what's going to happen and they're planning the future, et cetera. So you have that person in, they're acting that way in the beginning. And then when some closeness develops, the avoidant attachment style comes out and all of a sudden they want a lot of space. And this can feel incredibly confusing if you're on the receiving end, which is why it's called disorganized because it's all over the place. You get someone who wants to marry you one day and then the next they decided they're moving to Thailand and see you later, maybe never. So a very confusing attachment style. And that was the four. So to review, right? We have secure, we have anxious or preoccupied, same thing. We have avoidant, and then we have disorganized. So we can understand how these tendencies or these attachment styles interact with one another. For example, if I have an anxious attachment style and I have realized that relationships are not always available to me, people may not be able to meet my needs, people may leave me, uh, maybe I had an unavailable parental figure, um, I will be drawn to people who fit that template. You can call it a template, you can call it a blueprint, a mold, whatever you want to call it, a schema. I'm going to be attracted to someone who is unavailable because that is how I'm showing up in relationships, right? Like those people, it's it's going to be that magnetic pull. It's going to be that, oh gosh, I saw him from across the room and I just knew immediately I had to talk to that person. So same thing about the avoidant person, right? The avoidant attachment style is, is saying, wow, everybody I date wants to much of me. They are clingy. They are needy. They want so much of me. So who am I going to be pulled towards? People with an anxious attachment style. So this can be maddening to people. This is when, like I said, I hear from people who say, I am dating the same person over and over. They may have a different name and a different haircut, but they are the same damn person. And it's so frustrating when you're in that cycle, right? So this is where the understanding of what your attachment style is, is so important. And if you want some resources on this and you really want to know and figure it out, I'm actually working on a quiz to help you determine this. Uh, but I also do have some resources currently. So send me a DM at Dr. Morgan Coaching. 
I promise you I'll respond. I nerd out on this stuff. I love talking about it. Send me a DM if you're curious about your attachment style. The other thing I want to talk about, because this thing, this part is just so interesting to me that I can't not talk about it, is one of the models that corresponds to understanding attachment style is related to a person's degree of positive and negative self-image. Okay? So check this out. Let's let's follow this through, okay? So secure. If you have a secure attachment style, you're going to have both positive self-image, so I am enough, I am good enough of yourself, right? And you're also going to have a positive perception of others. People support me. People want to meet my needs. People will be there for me. So you can see how that creates a great template for relationships, okay? Then if we look at anxious attachment style is this. It is negative self-image. I am not good enough. I'm not worthy of love. People will leave me. There's something terribly wrong with me. And then it's a higher positive perception of others, right? So people are superior to me. Um, and thinking that other people's needs are more important than mine. And I have to do whatever I need to do to maintain the relationship and be perfect because that per the other person is more important than me. And, and this is where kind of like putting somebody on a pedestal comes into play. Um, okay. And then if we look at an avoidant attachment style, this is an inflated positive self-image. So I um, can come across as a bit arrogant if I have this or thinking that my needs are what matter. I need to focus on me. This is, you know, I, I love the whole you you do you kind of stuff and like, yeah, I'm focused on me. <laughs> but I will say that there's kind of a gray line. Like sometimes if you have an avoidant attachment style, maybe you've been doing you for like five years and yo, if you want to have a relationship, you might want to also start thinking about doing others. LOL at the sexual reference did not intend that. Um, but yes, if we understand that an avoidant person has this inflated positive self-image and then they have a negative perception of others. So that also leads to that fear of commitment. Nobody's good enough. I'm always going to find something wrong with the person. Um, or people are too needy. Everybody wants to get married as soon as I meet them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The avoidant person is going to find negative perceptions of others. So anyways, that part is really fascinating to me. Um, I don't know if you have ever thought about that before, but I like to include it when I'm discussing attachment theory because it's really important that we understand how we see ourselves and others 
really impacts how we're showing up in our relationships. Uh, And guess what? There are ways to work on this. And that is really what I do initially as I'm starting out. This is kind of the, the foundation of the work that I do with my private clients. So if it's something that you feel like you need, if you're ready to stop the toxic dating pattern, you really want to level up in your life and your relationships, send me a DM. Let me know that you'd be interested in working together and I'll send you the application. And you guys, I just want to say, I know this was a lot. I talked way longer than I thought I would, but I hope this episode was helpful to you. And if it was, please screenshot it tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching and let me know what part of it was most helpful. I love hearing from you all. It really makes my day when I get a DM that you appreciated something on the podcast. So don't be afraid to reach out. I want to hear from you. And if you haven't already, please go leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. That is the only way that this show will grow. And I know that you want to help others get this information. So by you leaving a review, that's going to help other people get this valuable information. So essentially, you'll be helping me help others. And I just want to say, I really appreciate you. I appreciate this community. And I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.